probably not. You should get used to it. <laughs> anyway, today we are not doing a nighttime recording. We are recording during the day. So, welcome back to normality. <laughs> we have eaten a lot of, like, crumbed cheese today. Yeah, we have. And I've had a Coke, so... Me too. Uh-oh. <laughs> Strapping, guys. We are talking about Area 51. Not 52. Not 50. Not 50. But Area 51. 51. Why, Katie? Why are we talking about it? Because it's topical. It's, it is topical. People are thinking about checking it out. Yeah, so... Opening the gates and just walking straight in. They are. There's been this, um, like, crazy dude who I should have kept on my computer screen but did not, so now I'm having to Google him again. <laughs> um, there was basically a Facebook event that was like, let's storm Area 51, yeah. and it went viral. Which, very viral. Very like viral. as viral as it can be. Pretty much. So, the guy that created it, Maddie Roberts, mm. um, when I heard about the viral event, I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't really think about much about the person who would have created it. Yeah. Um, and in my head, I just thought it'd be, like, some dude. Do you know what I mean? Like, a, it's a it's a dude that's just, as a joke, Yeah. has put this up. Just oh, a yeah. regular dude, like, you or I? <laughs> We're regular dudes. We are regular dudes. Yeah. Anyway, no. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> you have to, if you can find, there is one particular uh, news footage of him where they've yeah. interviewed him where he starts doing, like, karate moves down the street. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> if you can find it, you have to listen to it. Maybe if we find Slash it, we'll watch put it. it in the show notes. Yes, I'll see if I can find it again. But anyway, I should tell you a little bit about what Area 51 actually is. Is. Yeah, that would be super helpful. Yeah, it would be helpful. Who really knows? No one. No one. Apart from the government. Area 51 is the common name of a highly classified United States Air Force facility. Apparently, it can be found within the Nevada Test and Training Range. It is otherwise known as Homie Airport or Groom Lake. Homie. Like, homie. rolling with Eight. the homies. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I miss her. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so its official name is Homey Airport. Uh, the airport code for those travel agents listening at home yeah. are playing a lot KXTA. Well, I will be taking my next flight to the <laughs> <laughs> Or Groom Lake. So, named after the salt flat situated uh, next to its airfield. Although details of the facility's operations are not publicly known, the USAF says it as says it is an open training range and it is most likely supports the development and testing of experimental aircraft and weapon systems based on historical evidence. Because mm. that's what it's been used for in the past. Yes. So the USAF bought the site in 1955 for flight testing the Lockheed U-2 aircraft or Lockheed. Lockheed U-2 aircraft. The base has never been declared a secret but all research and occurrences in Area 51 are top secret. Interesting. Slash sensitive compartmented information. Ooh. The CIA publicly acknowledged the existence of the base for the first time on the 25th of June, 2013. That is a long time. That's like 60 years. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, there's a long time when they're like, there's something there. Just shh about it. Just don't look for it. Yeah. So the first time they publicly acknowledged it was in 2013, following a Freedom of a-, a Freedom of Information Act request filed in 2005. Well, they were super speedy in uh, replying to that. Yeah. Yeah. And they declassified documents uh, detailing the history and purpose of Area 51. That's a huge deal. Yeah. Like, a huge deal. But by that time, what Area 51 had already created, like, the aircraft that had come out of Area 51, was not a secret anymore. No. We know we use those aircrafts, or they use those aircrafts. Um, Area 51 is located in the southern portion of Nevada in the west western United States. 83 miles, or 134 kilometres, north-northwest of Las Vegas. The surrounding area is a popular tourist destination, including a small town of Rachel on the extraterrestrial highway. Mm, I wonder why it's called that. I Maybe we'll get into that a bit later. The origin of the name Area 51 is unclear. It is believed perhaps to be from an Atomic Energy Commission numbering grid. Sorry, I don't punctuate very well as I read. <laughs> Atomic Energy Commission numbering grid. Although Area 51 is not part of the system, it is adjacent to Area 15. That's so not how just numbers swap, work. Swapped the numbers around, or do they think that I, 51 comes after 15? Like if I live at number 13 Smith Street, yeah. the house across from me is not number 31's. No. Anyway. Another explanation, and probably a better one, is that Area 51 was used because it was unlikely that the AEC would use the number. Okay. Okay, but that's still, if I'm number 13 Smith Street, the house across from me is not going to be number 1 billion and 20... No. Anyway. 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 The CIA still refer to this place using its proper names, Homie Airport or Groom Lake, though the name Area 51 was used in a CIA document from the Vietnam War. Interesting. (laughs) It's like... Eh, we'll just call it what everyone else calls it, I guess. I guess. If everyone I mean, else is calling it Area 51, we may as well. It depends on what kind of document it was hey. and what they were specifying. The Vietnam War probably wasn't great. Nope. The facility has also been referred to as Dreamland and Paradise Ranch, among other nicknames. The USAF Public Relations has referred to the facility as an operating location near Groom Dry Lake. The special use airspace around the airfield is referred to as Restricted Area 4808 North R4808 oh North. Oh, the airfield on Groom Lake site begin big sorry began service, so not necessarily Area 51, yeah. but the airspace began service in 1942 as Indian Springs Air Force Auxiliary Field and consisted of two unpaved 5,000 foot runways. Imagine getting a 5,000-foot sub from Subway. That would be so much they food. couldn't do Like, it. you couldn't ever finish it. They And they couldn't physically make it, I don't think, in any Subway facility. Subway, we challenge you <laughs> to a 5,000-foot sub, please. The CIA established the Groom Lake testing facility in April 55 for Project Aquatone, the development of the Lockheed U-2 strategic reconnaissance aircraft. Project Director Mike, uh, sorry, I don't know why I said Michael when his <laughs> name is Richard. There's an M next to Richard. Yes, but my brain shouldn't <laughs> tell me that says Michael. 
Richard M. Bissell Jr. understood that the flight test and pilot training programs could not be conducted at Edwards Air Force Base or Lockheed's Palmdale facility given the extreme secrecy surrounding the project. He searched for a suitable testing site for the U-2 under the same extreme security as the rest of the project. He notified Lockheed, who sent an inspection team out to Groom Lake. According to Lockheed's U-2 designer, Kelly Johnson, we flew over it and within 30 seconds you knew that was the place. It was right by a dry lake. Man alive. We looked at that lake and we looked at each other. It was another Edwards. So we wheeled around, landed on the lake, taxied up to the end of it, and it was a perfect natural landing field, as smooth as a billiard table without anything being done to it. Wish I was as smooth as a billiard table. Mm-hmm. Keep moving on. <laughs> the lake bed made the perfect strip for testing aircraft, and the Immigrant Valley's mountain ranges and the NTS perimeter protected the site from visitors. The CIA asked the AEC to acquire the land designated Area 51 on the map and to add it to the Nevada test site. So, would that not explain the name Area 51? It was mapped as Area 51. I mean, that's what I always thought is why it was called Area 51, (laughs) because on a map it is that but that's okay we can come up with other reasons why it's called yeah, area right anyway johnson named the area paradise ranch to encourage workers to move to the new facility in the middle of nowhere what a butthead <laughs> <laughs> would you like to move to paradise ranch yes of course i would want to move to paradise ranch. and then i get there and it's like fire festival it's like what is yeah, there's this? nothing here in las vegas it's like a but ton way away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the CIA described it as that, by the way. And the name became shortened to The Ranch. Probably more aligned with what it actually is. <laughs> On the 4th of May 1955, a surveyor team arrived at Groom Lake and laid out a 5,000-foot north-south runway on the southwest corner of the lake bed and designated a site for the base support facility. The ranch initially consisted of a little more than a few shelters, workshops, and trailer homes in which its small team, in which to house its small team. BTW, you're getting told you're going to Paradise Ranch, and then you're in a trailer home. Yeah. Paradise Ranch. Fire Festival. (laughs) In a little over three months, the base consisted of a single paved runway, three hangars, a control tower, and a rudimentary accommodations for test personnel. Rudimentary. Trailers. Yeah. A bed in the middle of the runway. <laughs> the base's few amenities included a movie theatre. They could have a movie theatre, but they couldn't have, like, a decent accommodation. But lol jokes, the movies they're playing are, like, silent films. <laughs> they're from 30 years This ago. is way before the talkies. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, uh, da, 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 I was where I was. Thank you. And volleyball court. There was also a mess hall, several wells, <laughs> And fuel storage. So there's places to Ooh. hide the dead bodies. Paradise. <laughs> CIA, Air Force, and Lockheed's personnel began arriving by July 1955. The ranch received its first U-2 delivery. It's just a whole heap of like U-2 branded sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> on the 24th of July 1955 from Burbank on a C124 or 124 Globemaster 2. Cargo plane. No one gives it. 
flying fuck what that is. <laughs> we don't want oh, a plane, right? On a plane or potentially ship. Nope, it says plane. <laughs> Accompanied by Lockheed technicians <laughs> on, on a... A ship in the middle of the <laughs> desert. <laughs> They could have towed it in. <laughs> they could have. Maybe there's such a thing as a tug truck. <laughs> anyway, accompanied by Lockheed technicians on a Douglas DC-3. Whatever that might be. I mean, I think we're about to find out in the next sentence. Oh, oh, it's a boat. <laughs> a regular military air transport service. Uh, flights were set up between Area 51 and Lockheed's offices in Burbank, California. To preserve secrecy, personnel flew to Nevada on Monday mornings and returned to California on Friday evenings. How does that? It doesn't tell secrecy. you. It does because on the weekends they could be like, "Guys, this is what's happening." It means that they don't know the distance from the airport, airports of Nevada or California True. to the actual site. Okay. So if they always have fly on those two days. You can't tell. Yeah. Anyway, Maybe I would if someone flew you to Nevada and then told you to hop in a plane and then flew you to the middle of a desert somewhere <laughs> and they went, ha! "Go on, tell everyone where you are." This is where I die. Yeah, exactly. The United States government has provided. Uh, I don't know, what am I doing? Yeah. 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 Yeah has provided minimal information regarding Area 51. The area surrounding the lake is permanently off-limits to both civilian and normal military air traffic. Mm-hmm. Security clearances and checked security clearances are checked regularly. Cameras and weaponry are not allowed. Mm-hmm. Even military pilots training in the NAFR risk disciplinary action if they stray into the exclusionary box surrounding Groom's airspace. Interesting. So, yeah. So surveillance is supplemented using buried monitor sensors. Motion? Sorry, bare motion sensors. They don't have cameras. They have motion sensors. Ooh. Area 51 is a common destination for Janet Airline, a small fleet of passenger aircraft operated on behalf of the Air Force to transport military personnel, primarily from McCarran? McCarran Airport. Yeah. The USGS topographic map for the area only shows long disused Groom Mine. A civilian aviation chart published by the Nevada Department of Transportation shows a large restricted area defined as part of the Nellis restricted airspace. The National Atlas shows the area as lying within the Nellis Air Force Base. And there are higher resolution and newer images available from other satellite imagery providers, including Russian providers. These show the runway markings, base facilities, aircraft, and vehicles. Well, it didn't show up on Google Maps until last year. Yeah. On 25th of June 2013, the CIA released an official history of the U-2 and Oxycart projects. The Oxycart project was also another aircraft, mm-hmm. um, which acknowledged the existence of Area 51 in response to the Freedom of Information Act, um, which was actually submitted by a gentleman called Jeffrey T. Richelson of George Washington University's National Security Archive. Interesting. It contains a large... It contains a, a can't word... It contains numerous references to Area 51 and Groom Lake along with a map of the area. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. You know what? What? 
I'm just gonna give you a little teaser. <gasps> a um, little teaser of what, Julie? A little conspiracy. Are we not doing conspiracies in this episode? No, we're gonna say <gasps> So you're gonna have to tune in next week as well for all the conspiracy theories. But I will, I won't, I won't make you wait an entire week. I no. will give you one. Okay. Not so conspiracy, conspiracy theory now. Okay. You ready? Yeah. What's this teaser? All right. So, it's kind of a teaser, but it's a very real lawsuit. Uh-oh. <laughs> in 1994, five unnamed civilian contractors and the widows of contractors Walter Kazar and Robert Frost. Robert Frost. How do we know Robert Frost? Keep going. <laughs> anyway. Sued the Air Force and the United States Environmental Protection Agency. They alleged that they had been they had been present when large quantities of unknown chemicals had been be- uh, burned in open pits and trenches at Groom. Rutgers University biochemists analysed biopsies from the complainants and found high levels of dioxin, dibenzofurin, and tricholethylene in their body fat. The complainants alleged that they had sustained skin, liver, and respiratory injuries due to their work at Groom. You did very well with those names of chemicals, by the way. Thank you. Whether they're right or not. Yeah. Um, and that they had contributed to the deaths of Frost and Kazar. The suit sought compensation for injuries, claiming that the Air Force had alleged illegally handled toxic materials and that the EPA had failed in its duty to enforce the Resource Conservation and Recovery Act, which governs handling of dangerous materials. They also sought detailed information about the chemicals, hoping that it would facilitate the medical treatment of survivors. Congressman Lee H. Hamilton, Hamilton, not Hamilton, because she's special. My goodness. Former chairman of the House of Intelligence Committee told 60 Minutes reporter Leslie Stahl, the Air Force is classifying all information about Area 51 in order to protect themselves from a lawsuit. Which is a bit redundant when you're in a lawsuit. That's not a direct quote. That's me. The government invoked the state secrets privilege and petitioned U.S. District Judge Philip Pro to disallow disclosure of classified documents or examination of secret witnesses, claiming that this would expose classified information and threaten national security. Well, that's not suspicious at all, but can we just talk about the fact that his name is Judge Pro? Like, that's a Judge amazing. Pro. Like... You don't want to be in Judge Pro's court. No. <laughs> Judge Pro rejected the government's argument, so President Bill Clinton issue, issued <laughs> issued a presidential determination exempting what it called the Air Force's operating location near Groom Lake, Nevada. From environmental disclosure laws... Uh, sorry. Gosh, I'm so bad at reading <laughs> punctuation. <laughs> The Air Force's operating location near Groom Lake, Nevada, from environmental disclosure laws. Consequently, Pro, a.k.a. Judge Pro, dismissed the suit due to lack of evidence. Oh, that is some bullshit! Interesting! You can't find evidence because the government won't let you. That's... So you know... There is evidence somewhere. But I like that Bill Clinton's all about on board. However, the judge is like, nah, mate. I don't know if Bill Clinton is on board. Bill Clinton issued a presidential determination exempting what is called. Yeah, exempting. Oh. As in, like, not allowing. Oh, oopsies. 
I can't read. Turley appealed to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit on the grounds that the government was abusing its power to classify material. You ain't wrong. Secretary of the Air Force, Sheila E. Windenau. Good on you, Sheila. Yeah, Sheila. Filled a brief which stated that disclosures of materials present in the air and water near Groom can reveal military operational capabilities or the nature of the scope of classified operations. Oh! I mean, I kind of get it in that sense of, like, if something was to get out, it could be detrimental. Like, it's like it when you, like, at Downing Street. Yeah. You're not allowed to take photos with windows and stuff in them because it Fair. can show stuff. Right. Fair. It's kind of the same in this situation. Fair cool. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I like that um, all you can hear is me trying to find my place <laughs> and KB just points to where I was at on the screen. The Ninth Circuit rejected Turley's appeal and the US Supreme Court refused to hear it, putting an end to the complainant's case, which sucks butt. Yeah. Oh, that sucks butt. They're seriously sick people, and they're like, yeah, nah. The president annually issues a determination continuing the groom exception, which is the only formal recognition that the government has ever given that Groom Lake is more than simply another part of Nellis Complex. An unclassified memo on the safe handling of F117 Nighthawk Nighthawk, that's one. Nighthawk. Nighthawk. Material was posted on an Air Force website in 2005. This discussed the same materials for which the complainants had requested information, which the government had claimed was classified. The memo was removed shortly after journalists became aware of it. I reckon that all the families got a sneaky, sneaky handout that nobody's going to talk about. Yeah. To, like, make sure that nobody talks about Area 51. Yeah. I think you're onto something there. I mean, that would be a conspiracy theory that we would be inventing, so I'm not willing to, like, lock that in. Yeah, well, not just yet. No. We won't lock it in now. But maybe later. Maybe later. After we get through all the other conspiracies (gasps) next week. Yeah. Maybe our second podcast will be called Elvis Lives. We make up conspiracies. Just for fun, Dad. We don't really believe. And and lols. <laughs> um, look, you guys probably already know a lot of conspiracies surrounding Area 51, so why not just, like, tell us about them? See if you get them right. We may or may not have recorded next week's episode already, but we are willing to chat about them on the webs through Facebook at Elvis Lives Podcast. Or, or email us yeah, at ElvisLivesPodcast at gmail.com. We would love that. Also, what you could do is head on over to your favourite podcatcher, rate, review, subscribe if you can. If you can't, just plane us on repeat. Gives us all the information that we need. Um, and just let us know what you think. Yeah, we would love that. We would love that. Oh, it's been great. Yeah, it has. You, you talked a lot. I'm really sorry. I didn't help at all in this podcast. <laughs> That's all right, because I'm going to make you talk next week. Okay, we'll see you next week, guys. Bye! Bye. My name is Aya and this is my stage mum, Irene, and our podcast is called All the World's a Stage Mum. So mum, what's our podcast all about? Conversations between you and me 
about lots of different things thrown in with a little bit of humor and a lot of opinion and a whole lot of information so if you want to listen to our podcast we bring out an episode every wednesday on spotify and itunes our podcast is called all the world's a stage mum subscribe and follow us now